0: welcome again. Thank you for joining us for our virtual worship gathering. My name is Neil. I'm one of the co-leaders at Awakened Church, and I'm very excited to share uh, with you today as we enter into our fourth week of the Illuminate series where we explore the book of 1 John. In week one, Pastor Philip kicked us off by Uh, giving an overview of the book, letting us know the two major themes, God is light and God is love. In week two, um, Pastor Jeff explored chapter one, where he explored this theme of God is light and how light gives life and light reveals truth. In week three, Pastor Steve talked about chapter two some when he spoke about being a part of God's family and what it looks like to live into forgiveness and what it looks like to uh, look like uh, one of God's family. And I get to uh, jump into chapter 3. Now we're going to split chapter 3 over the next two weeks because it is the pivot point of the book of 1 John where the uh, themes: God is light and God is love that changes in uh, in chapter three, and so I get to talk about the the first part. Um, and actually, we're gonna start at the very end of chapter two because John picks up this idea once again, like Steve talked about about being part of the family of God uh, with this passage. Um, passage about the children of God He speaks about how we can trust our relationship with God and recognize others in the family. So uh, let's uh, read together. It says, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. I love the invitation at the beginning of this passage. John opens up um, with this offer to abide or to find stable rest in the Lord. This is both an instruction on how to approach God in confidence and without shame. And it's also uh, and it's also an invitation into community with God and with the church. It's important that John opens this way because the first step is belonging. Before John offers any challenges in this book, uh, he always offers an invitation to belong. John opens up each new challenge in this way. We see it as he opens the book in chapter 1, verse 3, as he says, "...that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us." And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. The first step into greater fellowship with Christ and the church is belonging. Whether it's your first experience with Jesus or whether you're well along on your faith journey, each time we're challenged into something new, we are first invited to know God more and to enter into greater community. In verse 2, John follows this invite with an encouragement and reassurance about our belonging uh, as Christ's children and also begins to put purpose to the challenges that we're going to talk about later on. So verse 2 and 3, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Over these verses, John gives us the goal and nature of the instructions that follow not only these verses, but go throughout the book. See, the challenge John issues is not a challenge of behavior, but of identity. For many of us, it's much easier to make a checklist, the things that we have to do to be in right standing with God. We check off our boxes, we move on with our lives. And while making some of these changes are positive, they are good changes to be making, if that is the depth of your faith, you are missing out so much on the fullness that you're invited into. In verse 2, John really puts forward this idea that we aren't just to behave better, but we are to become and pursue becoming more like Christ. With each new thing that the Holy Spirit reveals to us, we should be becoming more like Christ. And so our behaviors change not out of obligation or a need to check off a box, but out of the goodness that comes from who we are becoming. And that's the lens that we need to look at the next few verses with, uh, verses 4 through 10. In these next verses, John tells us more about what it looks like being like Christ. Sorry, verses 4 through 9. He says, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that He appeared in order to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. No one who abides in Him keeps on sinning, And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. It's important to note here that when John is talking about sin, he's talking about practicing sinning. Uh, When he's talking about righteousness, he's talking about practicing righteousness. He's talking about the patterns of behavior because your patterns matter. It's important to develop rule and rhythm around healthy, life-giving practices because it's never one decision or one event that determines your character or reveals who you are. That applies to both sin and righteousness. It's never one mistake of a, of a good person that reveals them to be terrible. It's never one good thing. That a person who is awful uh, makes them suddenly amazing. You will make mistakes along the journey because we're trying to walk in forgiveness. Like, there will be bad decisions, there will be mistakes made along the way. But the point is that the patterns that you follow matter. John knows that each person will sin, and that's why at the beginning of chapter 2, he stresses so hard that Jesus is our advocate. But John was also there when Jesus was challenging the Pharisees in Matthew 21, saying in verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, Or make the tree bad, and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. And then again in 35, The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth forth evil. Just like you can't determine a person's character based on one bad decision, you also can't judge based on one good decision. It's the practices that we put into place that guide how we care for and love others, how we form relationships with those outside the church, and who we invite into our intimate spaces for counsel and help. That's one of the reasons why we rely so heavily on the pathways at awaken we use the 12 areas found in our discipleship pathways to assess if we're practicing righteousness if we're regularly exercising righteousness but there's more to righteousness than following rules or meeting laws I want to read in 1st John 3:10 says by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil who does not whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God nor is the one who does not love his brother So, this is where that transition from God is light to God is love begins, um, where that theme of the book changes. But it's important to remember that righteousness is not rightness. Verse 10 shows us very clearly that even if you follow all the rules and check all the boxes, A a righteousness that does not love and care for people is still empty. A righteousness that is more concerned with being known as correct and putting its own goodness on display is empty. It's displayed so much more clearly now, this thought is displayed so much more clearly now that our lives are are much more digital. Uh, But it's always been a problem. Whether you're speaking about faith or morality or politics or any topic, the primary goal should be to give life, to bring life to people, not to be right. You don't have to agree with everyone all the time. But if you enter in an argument, and your purpose is to be right or to win and not to give life, it doesn't matter how correct you are, you are not righteous. So as we move forward together, I hope we can process and pray over some of these things. I hope you find encouragement uh, in the communities and your missional communities as you share these things, and I I hope that you can pray and ponder these questions as we move forward. First, are the patterns in my life challenging me into greater community with Christ and others? Next. Next. Am I avoiding changes I need to make due to potential loss of comfort, power, control, or approval? Next, what patterns in my life will I introduce or correct to be able to bring light and love both to myself and others.